Hello, and welcome to the Fear into Faith Global Bible Revival. We're reading the Bible from Genesis to Revelation in just 52 weeks. If you're new joining us today, welcome and enjoy the reading. Be sure to head over to BibleRevival.tv to sign up for our free newsletters where we share the reading assignments for that week. Join us as we get 100,000 people together to read the Bible cover to cover. So why don't you join me right now as we get into today's reading. Acts chapter 18. After this, Paul then left Athens and went to Corinth. There he met a Jew named Aquila and a native of Pontus who had been recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla because Claudius had ordered all Jews to leave Rome. Paul went to see them and because he was a tent maker as they were, he stayed and worked with them. Every, every Sabbath he reasoned in the synagogue trying to persuade Jews and Greeks. When Silas and Timothy came in from Macedonia, Paul devoted himself exclusively to preaching, testifying to the Jews that Jesus was the Messiah. But when they opposed Paul and became abusive, he shook out his clothes in protest and said to them, your bloods be on your own heads. I am innocent of it. From now I will go to the Gentiles. And Paul left the synagogue and went next door to the house of Titius Justus, a worshipper of God. Crispus, the synagogue leader, and his entire household believed in the Lord, and many of the Corinthians who had heard Paul believed and were baptised. One night the Lord spoke to Paul in a vision. Do not be afraid. Keep on speaking. Do not be silent. For I am with you, and no one is going to attack and harm you because I have many people in this city. So Paul stayed in Corinth for a year and a half, teaching them the word of the Lord. While Gallio was pre-consul of Achaia, the Jews of Corinth made a united attack on Paul and brought him to a place of judgment. This man, they charged, is persuading the people to worship God in ways contrary to the law. Just as Paul was about to speak, Gallio said to them, if you Jews were making a complaint about some misdemeanor or serious crime, it would be reasonable for me to listen to you. But since it involves questions and words and names and your own law, I will not be judge of such a thing. So he drove them off. Then the crowd there turned on Sosentius in the synagogue leader and beat him in front of the pre-consul. And Gallio showed no concern whatsoever. Paul stayed on in Corinth for some time. Then he left the brothers and sisters and sailed for Syria, accompanied by Priscilla and Aquila. Before he sailed, he had his hair cut off at Chenchery because of a vow that he had taken. Then they arrived at Ephesus, where Paul, himself, Paul left Priscilla and Aquila. He himself went into the synagogue and reasoned with the Jews. When they asked him to spend more time with them, he declined. But as he left, he promised, I will come back if it's God's will. Then he set sail from Ephesus. When he landed at Caesarea, he went up to Jerusalem and greeted the church and then went down to Antioch. After spending some time in Antioch, Paul set out from there and travelled from place to place throughout the region of Galatia and Phrygia, strengthening all the disciples. Meanwhile, a Jew named Apollos, a native of Alexandria, 
came to Ephesus. He was a learned man with a thorough knowledge of the scriptures. He had been instructed in the way of the Lord and he spoke with great fervour and taught about Jesus accurately, though he only knew the baptism of John. He began to speak boldly in the synagogue. When Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they invited him to their home and explained the way of God more adequately to him. When Apollos wanted to go to Achaia, the brothers and sisters encouraged him and wrote to the disciples there to welcome him. When he arrived, he was a great help to those whose grace, by whose grace had believed. For he vigorously refuted his Jewish opponents in public debate, proving from scriptures that Jesus was the Messiah. Acts 19. While Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. Then he found some disciples and asked them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They answered, No, we've not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So Paul asked, Then what baptism did you receive? John's baptism, they replied. Paul said, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him, that is, in Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptised in the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul placed his hands on them, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And they spoke in tongues and prophesied, and there were about twelve men in all. Paul entered the synagogue and spoke boldly there for three months, arguing persuasively about the kingdom of God. But some of them became obstinate. They refused to believe and publicly maligned the way. So Paul left them. He took the disciples with them and had discussions daily in the lecture hall of Tyrannus. This went on for two years so that all the Jews and Greeks who lived in the province of Asia heard the word of the Lord. God did extraordinary miracles through Paul so that even handkerchiefs and aprons were touched, that he that had touched him were taken to the sick and their illnesses were cured and the evil spirits left them. Some Jews went out, went around driving out evil spirits, tried to invoke the name of Jesus over those who were demon possessed. They would say, in the name of Jesus who Paul preaches, I command you to come out. Seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest, were doing this. One day the evil spirit answered them, Jesus, I know, and Paul, I know about, but who are you? Then the man who had the evil spirit jumped on them and overpowered them all. He gave them such a beating that they ran out of the house naked and bleeding. When this became known to the Jews and Greeks living in Ephesus, they were all seized with fear and the name of the Lord Jesus was held in high honour. Many of those who believed now came and openly confessed what they had done. A number who had practised sorcery brought their scrolls together and burned them publicly. When they calculated the value of the scrolls, the total came to 50,000 drachma. In this way, the word of the Lord spread widely and grew in power. After all this had happened, Paul decided to go into Jerusalem, passing through Macedonia and into Achaia. After I've been there, he said, I must visit Rome also. 
he sent two of his helpers, Timothy and Erastus, to Macedonia, where he stayed in the province of Asia a little longer. Around that time there arose a great disturbance about the way. A silversmith named Demetrius, who made silver shrines of Artemis, brought in a lot of business for the craftsmen there. He called them together, along with the workers in related trades, and said, You know, my good friends, we receive a good income from this business. And you see and hear how this fellow Paul has convinced and led, led astray large numbers of people here in Ephesus and in practically the whole province of Asia. He said that gods made by human hands are not gods at all. There's danger that not only our trade will lose its good name, but also that the temple of the great goddess Artemis will be desecrated. And the goddess herself, who is worshipped throughout the province of Asia and all the world, will be robbed of her divine majesty. When they heard this, they were furious and started shouting, Great is Artemis of the Ephesians! Soon the whole city was in an uproar. The people seized Gauss and Artichus, Paul's travelling companion from Macedonia, and all of them rushed into the theatre together. Paul wanted to appear before the crowds, but the disciples would not let him. Even some of the officials of the province, friends of Paul, sent him message begging him not to, ve not to venture into the theatre. The assembly was in utter confusion. Some were shouting one thing, others were shouting another. Most of the people didn't even know why they were there. And the Jews in the crowds pushed Alexander to the front and they shouted instructions to him. He motioned for silence in order to make a defence before the people. But when they realised that he was a Jew, they all shouted in unison for two hours Great is Artemis of the Ephesians. The city clerk quieted the crowd and said, Fellow Ephesians, doesn't all the world know that the city of Ephesus is the guardian of the temple of the great Artemis and of her image which fell from heaven? Therefore, since these facts are undeniable, you ought to calm down and not do anything rash. You have brought these men here though they have neither robbed temples nor blasphemed our goddess. If then Demetrius and his fellow craftsmen have a grievance against anybody, the courts are open and there are proconsuls. They can press charges. If there is anything further you want to bring up, it must be settled in a legal assembly. As it is, we are in danger of being charged with rioting because of what has happened today. In that case, we would not be able to account for this commotion, since there is no reason for it. After he said this, he dismissed the entire assembly. Acts 20. When the uproar ended, Paul sent for the disciples. And after encouraging them, said goodbye and set out to Macedonia. He travelled through that area, speaking many words of encouragement to the family, and finally arriving at Greece where he stayed for three months. Because some Jews had plotted against him just as he was about to set sail for Syria, he decided to go back through Macedonia. He, accompanied, he was accompanied by Sopater, son of Phyrrhus from Beria, Aristarchus and Secundus from Thessalonica, Gaius from Derbe, 
Timothy and also Titius and Trophimus from the province of Asia. These men went ahead and waited for us all at Troas, but we sailed from Philippi after the festival of unleavened bread and five days later joined the others at Troas where we stayed seven days. On the first day of the week, we came together to break bread. Paul spoke to the people and because he intended to leave next day, kept on talking until midnight. There were many lamps in the upstairs room where we were meeting, where we were meeting. Seated in a window was a young man called Eutius, who was sinking into a deep sleep as Paul talked on and on and on. When he was sound asleep, he fell to the ground from the third story and was picked up dead. Paul went down, threw himself on the young man and put his arms around him and said, don't be alarmed, he's alive. Then went upstairs again and broke bread and ate. After talking until daylight, he left. The people took the young men home alive and were greatly comforted. We went on ahead to the ship and sailed for Asos, where we were going to take Paul aboard abroad. He had made this arrangement because he was not going there on foot. When he met us at Assos, he took with him, we took him abroad and went on to Mytilene. The next day we set sail from there and arrived off Chios. The day after that we crossed over to Samos and on the following day arrived at Miletus. Paul had decided to sail past Ephesus to avoid spending time in the province of Asia, for he was in a hurry to reach Jerusalem, if possible, by the day of Pentecost. From Miletus, Paul sent to Ephesus for the elders of the church. When they arrived, he said to them, You know how I lived the whole time I was with you. From the first day I came into the province of Asia, I serve the Lord with great humility and with tears and in the midst of severe testing by plots on my, of my Jewish opponents. You know that I have not hesitated to preach anything that would be helpful to you, but have taught publicly and from my house and from house to house. I have declared to both Jews and Greeks that they must turn to God in repentance to have faith in our Lord Jesus. And now, compelled by the Spirit, I am going to Jerusalem. Not knowing what will happen to me there, I only know that in every city the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and to complete the task that the Lord Jesus has given to me the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. Now I know that none of you among you who I have gone about preaching the kingdom will ever see me again. Therefore, I declare to you today that I am innocent of the blood of any of you, for I have not hesitated to proclaim to you all the whole will of God. Keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. I know that after I leave, savage wolves will come amongst you and will not spare the flock. Even from your own number, 
men will arise and distort the truth in order to draw away disciples after them. So be on your guard. Remember that for three years I never stopped warning you of day and night with tears. Now I commit you to God and to the word of his grace, which can build you up and give you an inheritance amongst all those who are sanctified. I have not coveted anyone's silver or gold or clothing. You yourselves know that my hand, these hands of mine have supplied my own needs and the needs of my companions. In everything I did, I showed you but that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak. Remembering the words of Jesus himself, it is more blessed to give than to receive. When Paul had finished speaking, he knelt down with all of them and prayed. They all wept as they embraced him and kissed him. What grieved them most was his statement that they would never see his face again. Then they accompanied him to the ship. Acts 21. After we had torn ourselves away from them, we put out to sea and sailed to Kos. The next day we went to Rhodes and from there to Patara. We went to a ship crossing over to Phoenicia, <laughs> sorry about that, <laughs> and went, went on board and set sail. After sighting Cyprus and passing to the south of it, we sailed on to Syria. We landed at Tyre where our ship was to unload its cargo. We sought out the disciples there and stayed with them for seven days. Through the Spirit, they urged Paul not to go on to Jerusalem. When it was time to leave, we left and continued on our way. All of them, including wives and children, accompanied us out of the city. And there on the beach, we knelt to pray. After saying goodbye to each other, we went aboard the ship and they returned home. We returned our voyage from Tyre and landed at Telemis, where we greeted the brothers and sisters and stayed with them for a day. Leaving there, we reached Caesarea and stayed at the house of Philip the Evangelist, one of the seven. He had four unmarried daughters who all prophesied. And after we'd been there a number of days, a prophet called Agabus came down from Judea. Coming over to us, he took Paul's belt, tied his own hands and feet with it and said, The Holy Spirit says, In this way, the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem will bind the owner of this belt and will hand him over to the Gentiles. When we heard this, we and the people there pleaded for Paul not to go up to Jerusalem. Then Paul answered, why are you weeping and breaking my heart? I am, I am ready not only to be bound, but also to die in Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. When he would not be dissuaded, we gave up and said, the Lord's will be done. After this, we started on our own way up to Jerusalem. Some of the disciples from Caesarea accompanied us and brought us to the home of Nassan, where we were to stay. He was a man from Cyprus and one of the early disciples. When we arrived at Jerusalem, the brothers and sisters received us warmly. The next day, Paul and the rest of us went to see James and all the elders were present. Paul greeted them and reported in detail what God had done 
among the Gentiles through his ministry. When they heard this, they praised God. They said to Paul, you see, brother, how many thousands of Jews have believed and all of them are zealous for the law. They have been informed that you teach all the Jews who live amongst the Gentiles to turn away from Moses, telling them not to circumcise their children or live according to our customs. What shall we do? They will certainly hear that you have come. So what do we to do what we tell you? There are four men with us who have made a vow. Take these men, join in their purification rites and pay their expenses so that they can have their heads shaved. Then everyone will know there is no truth in these reports about you, but that you yourself are living in obedience to the law. As for the Gentile believers, we have written to them our decision that we should abstain from food sacrificed to idols, from blood, from the meat of all strangled animals and from all sexual immorality. The next day, Paul took the men and purified himself along with them. Then he went to the temple to give notice of the date when the days of purification would end and the offering would be made for each of them. When the seven days were nearly over, some Jews from the province of Asia saw Paul at the temple. They stirred up the whole crowd and seized him, shouting, Fellow Israelites, help us! This is the man who teaches everyone everywhere against our people and our law and this place. And besides, he has brought Greeks into the temple and defiled this holy place. They had previously seen Trophimus, the Ephesian, in the city with Paul and assumed that Paul had brought him into the temple. The whole city was aroused and people came running from all directions. Seizing Paul, they dragged him from the temple and immediately the gates were shut. While they were trying to kill him, news reached the commander of the Roman troops that the whole city of Jerusalem was in uproar. He at once took some officers and soldiers and ran down to the crowd. When the rioters saw the commander and his soldiers, they stopped beating Paul. The commander came up and arrested him and ordered him to be bound with two chains. Then he asked who he was and what he had done. Some in the crowd shouted one thing and some shouted another. And since the commander could not get at the truth because of the uproar, he ordered that Paul be taken into the barracks. When Paul reached the steps, the violence of the mob was so great he had to be carried by the soldiers. The crowd that followed him kept shouting, get rid of him, get rid of him. As the soldiers were about to take Paul into the barracks, he asked my commander, may I say something to you? Do you speak Greek? He replied, aren't you the Egyptian who started a revolt and led 4,000 terrorists out into the wilderness some time ago? Paul answered, I am a Jew from Tarsus in Cilicia a citizen of no ordinary city. Please let me speak to the people. After receiving the commander's permission, Paul stood on the steps and motioned to the crowd. When they were all silent, he said to them in Aramaic, Well, that concludes our reading for today. We hope today's message spoke to you. 
Today's reading was made possible by the Fear and Faith Store and support of listeners like you. Remember to head over to BibleRevival.tv to purchase merch, access more resources, check out other interviews, as well as all the previous recordings. 